Hey, Gen Z, you are the most pro-life generation in the history of the United States. So what are you going to do about it? Let's have a discussion. Stay tuned. Plant a seed in my soul. Well, hey there, high school students, or rather Gen Z. Uh, Welcome back to another podcast here. Today, we're going to talk about the pro-life generation that you are. I was recently having a discussion with somebody about the fact that Gen Z is the most pro-life generation in the history of the United States, and they told me, yes, they are. However, they're the least likely to get involved because they don't want to impose their morality or their views on someone else. So I thought that we should have a discussion about what being pro-life really means. Now, let's start with the fact that it is currently legal for people in the United States to abort their children. If I was going to impose my will upon them, I would stand outside the abortion clinic and push them out the door or fight them from going in. And that is simply not what anyone's doing. But I do want you to understand what's at stake. Uh, And I wanna make some things clear. And so what I've done is I've pulled up a website here from the Family Research Council. And uh, they have a little brochure here on pro-life arguments for uh, the unbelieving world. And it's it's called the best pro-life arguments for secular audiences. And so if you scroll down in this, it can be found at frc.org, and it talks about citing the facts. And so a few things. Number one, that the baby inside the mother's womb has a separate and a distinct body from the mother. Because you've heard this, my body, my choice. That's true when it comes to your hair color, when it comes to um, anything else that you might do to your body, as weird or horrific as that might be. Uh, that's your body, and if you choose to desecrate your body um, physically on the outside, I mean, I guess that's that's your business, right? But here's the problem. The body inside of your body or their body is not their body. That is a separate human being with inalienable rights. And unfortunately, uh, those rights have been taken away from the unborn uh, since Roe v. Wade was uh put into law. So here's the thing. If I vote pro-life, am I imposing my will on a woman or am I standing up for the unborn child within the womb? The answer is the latter. I'm standing for the unborn child. Think about it. If if there was a prison in a jail, uh, a jail or whatever, and there's inmates and the prison says, we're going to knock down the prison. Okay, at first everybody would be like, oh, okay, I guess you're going to rebuild the prison. But let's say they were going to knock down this prison. It's old, and they're going to rebuild it. But what they don't tell you is they're going to knock it down with everyone inside. Would you then become an advocate for the people inside? What if their argument was simply, it's our prison, our, our property, our choice. Like, we can do with it as we please. And you would say, well, yes, you can do with it as you please, 
However, you've got to take everyone out of the prison first. You can't just go knocking down the prison with everybody inside of it. You've got to free them first or put them in another prison or whatever the case may be, depending on how much time they've served or, or whatever, okay? That's a whole nother argument for another day. But the reality is you and I would become an advocate for those men or those women inside that prison because that prison isn't connected to and the same as the people inside of it. So the person inside the cell, you get, you get where I'm going with this? So the baby within the womb is unique. It has its own DNA. That child has its own DNA, own hair color, own eye color, unique fingerprints. Uh, we just heard Seth Gruber say recently at our church, and this is true, you knew this, but it has its own uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes, and uh, separate genitalia, right? Uh, are we supposed to believe that a mom has 20 fingers, 20 toes, and two genders? No, because we recognize that the child within the womb has its own separate body, and that body is not the mother's body. Now, here's the thing. Why does ex abortion exist in the first place? You might say, well, because a, a woman got raped. And I would say that's a extremely small percentage, okay? Although that's probably growing all thanks to sex trafficking, which is another reason why we have to do something with the abortion industry, right? Because girls are being sex trafficked, they get pregnant, and these um, sex traffickers just send them off to have an abortion, period, so they can keep uh, making them money. So we've got we've to do something, right? We could say, well, you know what? I, I don't agree with sex trafficking, but I don't want to impose my morals on someone else. You see, sometimes we have to intercede or intervene to save the helpless, to save those that are being hurt. That's what all laws do. They protect the innocent and they go after the offender. Now, abortion isn't going, uh, or pro being pro-life, isn't going after the offender. Uh, the woman had sex, whether she's married or not, maybe she's married, they've decided we're not ready to have children, so they just view abortion as an option. So we just, uh, it's just, you know, in their mind, it's just a blob of tissue. It's not a human being. They've bought this lie. And we tell ourselves all kinds of lies that we believe uh, to justify doing something. But in reality, we've got to stand up and do what's right. The Bible tells us to speak out for those who can't speak for themselves. Let me ask you a question. Is there any people group on the face of the planet that applies more to than the unborn child? That unborn child cannot speak up for itself. So we have to be proactive and we have to do what we can do. If that's being outside of an abortion clinic, pleading with people going in, uh, that we'll take care of those babies, we'll give them homes, we'll provide for them. But that means that we'd actually have to do it. Not just, you know, be warm, be filled, don't have an abortion and, and we don't care, but finding uh, uh, homes for those unwanted children. And, and maybe there's some that are being forced into this. There Actually, there's quite a lot that are being forced into this. So think of that. If, if a girl doesn't really want to have an abortion, but is forced into having an abortion, she has to live with that for the rest of her life. So good laws could actually change that. And that's where we come in. We pray and we vote. We pray and we vote. And we just covered this recently in the high school ministry that voting is not a sin and it's not unbiblical.
And also, I don't think that it's it's my salvation card. I don't think that it's um, anything more than what it is. It's me making my voice heard in this country. Remember that Abraham Lincoln said that this country and its government is supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That means the government of the United States is supposed to be the people of the United States and that we elect people to go represent us in office that most uh, align with our biblical world view. And there's a, a trinity of voting that our pastor has brought up in the past. I think it's amazing. And it's voting pro-life, it's voting pro-marriage, and it's voting pro-Israel. And so you look at candidates, and you see where they stand on those issues. Now, maybe you're not old enough to vote yet. What can you do? Well, you can pray. You can pray, and you can make your friends aware of, of the fact that, that that life in the womb is actually a life. You can equip yourself. There's a lot of great resources out there that you can find. And so you can go to Family Research Council. You can go to Seth Gruber's website. Uh, there's, there's tons. Um, and so you, you find them, and you equip yourself, and you talk to your friends about the unborn child. And you talk to your friends about abstinence, and you yourself remain abstinent. I just read a stat today that teens within the church are more likely to have sex out of marriage than the unbelieving world. That, if that's true, that is staggering and sad. So what leads to that? It's just, it's a desire to have something that we shouldn't have until we're married. God made sex, and sex is amazing within marriage. It's like fire in the fireplace is great. Fire on your grill is great. Fire in your kitchen under the pots on your stove is awesome. But fire in a carpet's bad right? Fire burning down your house, bad. Fire in the engine of your car, great. It gets you around the town. Fire on the seats of your car, bad. You get burned. And that's sex outside of marriage in any way, shape, or form. So abstain yourself. Remain pure and, and be educated and talk to your friends about not just thinking pro-life, but standing for pro-life. Voting pro-life someday when you can vote. But be a voice for the unborn, because their lives are at stake. Ronald Reagan said, I've noticed that everyone who is pro-choice has already been born. Isn't that true? It makes me think of this line in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Kip, the brother of Napoleon Dynamite's at home, and this girl comes to the door, and she says something to Kip about college. She's trying to earn her way to college, and so she's trying to sell stuff. And Kip says, your mom goes to college. <laughs> Uh, think about this. Your mom was pro-life. Isn't that true? Everybody who is advocating for their right to murder an unborn child, and they don't like to, they don't like to hear it put in those words. Don't, don't, that's not what it is. That's absolutely what it is. If you've never seen pictures of an aborted child, that's absolutely what it is. It's ripping its arms and legs off of its body or jamming scissors into the back of the baby's head to kill it before it exits the birth canal. Because they don't view that child as a child or a human being until it comes out of the birth canal. Like the birth canal is this magic uh, tunnel of wonders that you, that you get personhood once you travel through it. Well, then that means everybody that was born of a C-section isn't really a human. I mean, that logic is just stupid, right? So think about it. Stand for the unborn. Let's pray for the lost. 
And there's a lot of people, you know, they're they're lost. They've been taken captive by Satan to do his will. They believe that it's not really a human. They, they believe this lie. And later on, when they find out what really happened and what that child really was, they're devastated. So guys, we need to love on our unsaved friends, our family, or even believers that might be thinking, hey, this is okay. We need to stand for the unborn. So listen, do your part, get educated, and be a voice. God bless you guys. We'll see you here next time at Grounded Podcasts. Plant a seed.